A house is made of wood and stone, but only love can make a home. Welcome to the Repco Light Home Improvement Show, helping you make your home into one you'll love even more. Here are your hosts, Dan Hansen and Betsy Thompson. Well, good morning, everybody. Good morning, Betsy. How are you doing? I'm doing okay. How are you? Well, it's been a week. I'll tell you that. Uh huh. I've, I've had better weeks. Yeah. Well, I know. Do we need to tell everybody? Well, we probably better head it off at some point, or there are going to be a lot of questions that are going to happen. <laughs> Betsy has announced that she's leaving Repcolite. You are moving. I am. To Traverse City. You will no longer be on the show. Yeah. This is devastating news, Betsy. I know. It was a very hard decision, but there are some family needs that I need to be up north for. Um, there are some help that is needed, and I, it's, I feel like it's my job to be there. That's where I'm supposed to be. I'm a firm believer everything happens for a reason, and there's a reason that I am in the spot I am and able to help in the way that I am. So right. it's it's been a hard decision, but it's one that I I absolutely had to make. Well, definitely going to miss you on the show. It's definitely going to be yeah something something completely different moving forward. Not mm-hmm. sure what we'll do and how we'll roll with it, but we'll roll with it. It's what we do. They still have you. Yeah, they still have me. That's yeah. <laughs> that's it's like the booby prize, right? Isn't that what that is? <laughs> oh, the come consolation on now. prize. We'll see what we do. People love I don't you. know about that, but we'll find out. We'll see once how long we can keep things going with this new normal. And it's just been a year. I am so uh-huh. ready for this year to be done, and yet it looks like this year is leaving leaving footprints behind that will yeah. never be expunged. It feels like there are businesses have closed that will never come back. Things have changed that will never, ever be the same again. And it makes you wonder, how do you keep going? How do you keep moving yeah. forward when all of that is happening? Now, you know, because a lot of us, we, we tell ourselves that, well, you just soldier on. In fact, those are right. the words you use all the time. Just soldier yes. on, just get through it. Well, there's a point where you really start to wonder, yeah. how yeah. do we all keep doing it? But we yeah. do. You know, we've got we do. other places we look to for strength and help. We pray. We really, really start to focus on what's important. And I hope a lot of people, the ones who are feeling the hit right now, you mm-hmm. know, you're feeling a hit right now. I am. Businesses are. People who have lost Everything are sitting here looking at how do we go forward? Hopefully they're finding that place to dig down deep and realize that there's still a lot of important, really important stuff. In fact, the really important stuff is still right in front of us. We just got to grab on and hold on and pray. Yeah. And hang on. Yeah. It's it's, a long ride. It's it's been a year and (laughs) I was terrified the other day I was on, I don't know, probably Facebook and somebody had a meme up about, you know, 2020 and 2021 comes along and here, hold my drink. And I'm like, you have got to be kidding me. It cannot get worse than 2020. Come well, it can, on. but let's hope it doesn't. Uh, right. Yeah, absolutely. Let's hope not. All yeah. right. So what do we got going today? I don't even know what the rest of the show is going to be. We're going to be talking about painting fireplaces. <laughs> 
and we're going to be yeah. talking about mudrooms. We had promised last week that we would talk about mudrooms. Right. So we owe it to the people to get to it. So mudrooms. Absolutely. Mudrooms yeah. is that, that a mudroom is that barrier between the outdoors and the indoors. And the thing is, we're heading into late fall right about now, winter, spring, all of those seasons in Michigan and in most places, they're wet, they're messy. They're Mm -hmm. times where you really want to make sure that your mudroom is working for you. And a lot of us don't have that. You know, if you do Mm -hmm. have a mudroom, that's absolutely amazing. And that solves all of your problems. We'd love to see the pictures. Oh, yeah. Send them to us. Maybe you have a creative fix for something that you've run into. And maybe that's something that would help other people. Send those pictures to radio at repcolite.com. We'll post them, share them, talk about them. Maybe if you've got a really good solution, we'd love to share that. But there's a lot of us who don't. A lot of us Mm -hmm. have really bad, poorly functioning mudrooms. Some of us have no mudrooms at all. So let's jump in and try to fix that. Yeah. So if you have... No mudroom whatsoever. I mean, there are people who don't have one. There isn't a space for it. You can convert an old closet into a mudroom or, you know, like an entry closet or something. That's a great Mm -hmm. place to start out. Um, It's relatively simple. All you have to do is take off the door and the framing and all of that stuff. And then you put in some sort of bench. Now, whether you want to build a bench in, you know, frame one out and put baskets in it or drawers in it for cubbies, things like that, Mm -hmm. that's fine. Or if you have a bench, perhaps that is unused, put that there. You just need somewhere for people to sit down, put on boots, take off boots, things like that. So that's kind of a key element when it comes to creating a mudroom that you may not have. Right. And that closet idea is really, really interesting because I've seen a lot of pictures and we've got some in a Pinterest board on a Pinterest mm-hmm. board in, yeah. in a, on a, on, on, on a Pinterest board. On there we Pinterest go. Yep. Yeah. My favorite one shows a before and after where they show a closet in an entryway and the entryway feels relatively narrow and mm-hmm. they've got this, you know, bifold doors on a closet right. and they took those doors off. They took the door jam- or the, the door stops off and mm-hmm. kind of framed in and finished all that woodwork on the sides Mm -hmm. and created this little mudroom nook kind of a thing. And Mm -hmm. not only does it give them the space to put all their stuff or at Mm -hmm. least some of their stuff and, you know, it helps with that, but it also creates a much more open and airy feeling entryway. It's amazing what that opened closet Mm -hmm. really does for the space. So that's definitely a, a solution if all of the stars align. You don't have a mudroom, right. but you've got an entry closet. It doesn't have to be a, you know, two stall closet. What do they call it? It's not a two stall closet, it's a two stall garage, <laughs> but a closet that's got the two doors or it could double be doors. a double door closet. It could be a yeah. single door closet, right. you know, just a little bench, yeah. all right. of those things. If you cut a hole in the middle of the little bench, it's like a little outhouse, which would create right. all kinds of drama in your entry that you don't want. So don't, don't cut a little hole. <laughs> in the seat of the the clock. Anyway, that's one thing you can try if you don't have a mudroom at all. Right. Well, there's also, I saw another picture as I was perusing. Somebody didn't have a mudroom, but they had like this little bump out area in a wall. So there's this little part that sits back in and they wallpaper just this little cubby and put a bench in there to make it look like it was supposed to be a mudroom area. Right. So you got that. 
Now, what about just small mudrooms? Or, you know, what I've got at home is an entryway. It could function as a mudroom, but it's so tiny. You know, mm-hmm. I don't have space for all of these gigantic, wonderful things that we'd like to bring in to a mudroom to make it work. You know, right. so what yeah. do we do if that's us? Well, if that's us, it's time to make compromises, <laughs> right? That's what life is about, making yeah. compromises. Right. And you got to figure out what's important and what is secondary and tertiary and all of those things. What's pr- what's the primary thing you got to fix? So it all starts with planning. You know, as boring mm-hmm. as that sounds, the way to get the, the to the end results that you want, you've got to plan. Write down the most important right. requirements. Now, for me, just to give you an example, the, the most important requirements are going to be boots and shoes, dealing with boots and yeah. shoes. I've got five mm-hmm. kids. It gets out of control fast. Snow pants and winter coats are secondary issues. You know, mm-hmm. I'd love to deal with those in that in that room. But yep. if I can't, I can't. Gloves and hats are a third. What we end up doing right now is the kids end up hauling all their stuff downstairs. So they walk across the carpet. They go downstairs to get to a room where they can hang it while all the wet boots and right. all of that, that, that wreaks havoc on the carpet. So that's why my primary mm-hmm. concern is dealing with those boots. And a couple of things that I thought were really interesting. First thing is when you look online, you see a lot of these mudrooms where they've got, like we described, the closet with the little cubbies underneath where every little kid who's Mm -hmm. really super crazy obedient puts their little boots. And they've all got just the one (laughs) pair of boots or maybe they got one pair of shoes and they always go perfectly into that little spot. Well, each of my kids seem to have six pair of everything. So Mm -hmm. each kid brings 30 pairs of something to the mix. So those things don't really work. We had to get creative and create a different solution. So we built some shelving. Basically, it's a bookshelf, and the shelves Mm -hmm. are about five. I I made them five inches apart. I should have made them six inches apart. But what it allowed was for us to get about 20 pairs of shoes into a three-foot-wide by 30-inch high area. That's great for the shoes. The boots, maybe Mm -hmm. you do create some spaces underneath. But the big thing for me with the boots is the snow. And getting that off. And yeah. one thing I stumbled into, and I thought it was brilliant, is a boot scraper. Like they have at the golf courses. Yes. They have that for your cleats. I kept mm-hmm. thinking, what if they've got those for just homes, for boots? And sure enough, they're like 30 bucks. You can find them online, 30 to 50. Yeah. Put them in your garage, mount them to yeah. the floor, kick off all the mud, all the snow mm-hmm. and everything as you come in. Think about that. Many people have those if they have a barn and they work out in the barn to scrape the bottom of your boots after you've been mucking stalls and things like that. Yeah, mm-hmm. I have been an owner of a boot scraper for that exact purpose. Get them right. clean before you wear them inside. <laughs> so work on that. Figure out a solution for those things that you need. Those are the things that I've got to deal with. Mm-hmm. Maybe you've got different things, but you got to just figure those out, find some creative solutions and work from there. Now, we're going to take a break, but when we come back, we're going to wrap up this whole talk about mudrooms and hopefully give you some ideas to get started. We'll talk about some paint products that you'll want to use. All of that's coming up in just a minute. Stay tuned. Helping you turn your house into your dream home. This is the Repco Light Home Improvement Show, presented by Benjamin Moore on News Radio Wood 1300 and 1069 FM. And we're back talking about mudrooms. 
on the Repcolite Home Improvement Show. We went through a number of different, I don't even know what we were doing. It was kind of stream of consciousness brainstorming, <laughs> wasn't it? Yeah, we didn't really okay with that, though. It's not really a step-by-step thing to do. But anyway, we're talking right now about small mudrooms or small entryways. If that's what you're dealing with, how can you turn it into something that will really still solve your problems? And as we mentioned at the end of the last segment, the very first thing to do is to figure out what your problems are. Right. Which isn't easy. Some of us see therapists to help us figure out exactly what our problems. Some of us have people in our lives who tell us exactly what those problems are. Right. When it comes to the mudroom, you've got to sort that out yourself. Mm -hmm. Talk to your family. You know your family. What are where are the issues where you fall apart? Right. For me, it was boots, shoes, things like that. So that's my primary concern. Figure that out. Again, when it comes to the small room, some of the main things you want to do after you figured out your main problems. You know, some of the other things that are going to be issues for everybody to work through is seating. Yes. You've got to provide a bench. Yeah. It's really critical. If you don't have a place to sit, it's not easy. It's not fun. You know, kids maybe don't mind. Well, then I they're standing there wobbling all around, yep. and like falling all over. Falling and forward. they can put a hole in the wall as they, you know. Exactly. Yeah. <laughs> Give a bench. Provide a bench. Uh, yeah. Just a chair. That's what I had in ours. That yeah. was problematic because I had generally no no kids come in mm-hmm. one at a time. They come in right. as a herd. And mm-hmm. when there's one chair, there's only one person who can sit down. The rest are tripping all over the place. So right. create a space, right. whatever that looks like. Now, some people w- will want to have a floating shelf. I've seen pictures of that where you mount it on the wall. There's no legs mm-hmm. beneath it. Easy to clean. Super easy to keep clean. That's one right. option. Another option is like Betsy mm-hmm. talked about in the closet uh, idea earlier where you can create cubbies underneath it and everybody can mm-hmm. store certain things underneath there. Right. I've seen other areas where if it's really tight, you can have a fold down bench that mm-hmm. looks very nice when it's up yeah. against the wall, but you fold it down and that works really well. It's kind of like the Murphy bed idea. Exactly. You know, like the the wall. Yeah. Right. <laughs> so give some consideration to a bench. Storage is another thing you really need to think about. And sometimes you have to get creative. In my instance, there's no way I can work storage into that room. Mm-hmm. That room simply has to be the place where they shed all of these right. things. So I've got right. to give them a bench. I've got to give them a place for some of their boots and things like that, that I don't want hauled into the house. But mm-hmm. when it comes to their coats and their snow pants or backpacks or all of those things, it's just not reasonably going to work in that room. So I've right. got to figure out something else. Fortunately, I happen to have a big walk-in closet right next to that room <laughs> so they can get there. The problem right. is I've got hooks and hangers and all of those things, mm-hmm. but their backpacks end up on the ground. All of the, it's right. just chaos in that closet. So right. the solution for me is to build lockers. Mm-hmm. I know that that's yeah. the answer. Lockers along the back wall, a locker for each kid. And I would give them a space up on top so they can put little, little trinkets mm-hmm. and things like that. Yeah. A bigger area in the middle for their coats, use hooks. Don't, mm-hmm. don't rely on hangers and rods. Because right. then kids have to put coats on hangers, and it just doesn't work. It's not fast. It doesn't right. happen. Right. So hooks, leave plenty of hooks. And then I'm thinking the bottom bin I'm going to use for backpacks because I've seen plenty of Pinterest pictures with everybody with these cute little backpack holders. Mm-hmm. And I think the backpack just came from the store, and they pulled it out and hung it up there. Yep. And the only thing inside of it is the little paper <laughs> stuffing that they put in yep. there. Yeah, my kids' exactly. backpacks weigh more than my kids. 
Yes, I used to get in trouble for having such a heavy backpack. Yeah. Who got you? Who yelled at you for that? My mom. Why? And my dance teacher, because she said I had terrible posture from hiking around a backpack that was too heavy. So that makes sense. The other thing I want to add is, you know, we've been talking about kids and humans, but don't forget a space for your pet, for your dog's things, because for me recently, I've had this huge issue with dog leash and where do I put it? And it just ends up on the floor and make sure that you have a spot to put things like that so that they're right there accessible when you need to take them out. Right, because that is one of the things that you're trying to accomplish with this mudroom is creating, uh, getting all the things that you need in one space for when you leave the house. Leaving the house can be chaos. If everybody's Mm got to sort and run through the house all over the place to get their stuff, this is an option to get it all condensed into one place, the leaving items. So whether that's for taking the dog on a walk or whatever, going to school, Get Mm -hmm. some of those things there. Uh, One thing to remember and keep in mind whenever you're designing any of these things is to remember to keep your family in mind. And what I mean by that is realize who you all are, realize who they are, your kids, realize Mm -hmm. what they'll do. So those open lockers that I talk about, they, they look great when you see them on photos. And again, Pinterest makes them look like they're just brilliant. Of course. But the reality is the little bins and stuff like that, that my kids, if I have them, if my kids have them, they're going to be littered with scarves hanging out. Shoe, you know, shoes right. aren't going to be put yeah. away well. It's going to still look really, really chaotic and really messy. And in my closet, I'm a little bit okay because I can mm-hmm. shut the door. But if yeah. you've got a literal mudroom where they walk in and that's what you see, whatever pictures you see online, bottom line, what I guess I'm trying to get at is it's not going to look <laughs> like that in most scenarios. Right. So maybe you've got a put doors on those cabinets. Mm -hmm. Maybe the open look isn't for your family. Right. Those are things you want to think about because you don't want to go through all the work thinking you're going to have this brilliant, immaculate solution down the road. And in fact, you end up with a little more chaos. Just maybe it's a little more organized chaos. You can work around that. Yeah. A few other things, Betsy, before we wrap it up. The only other thing I would say is, you know, we always talk about paint and everyone probably rolls their eyes at us when we do that. But really, when it comes to kids and shoes and boots and things like that, and they just kind of chuck them off their feet and they hit the wall and then you end up with those scuff marks. This is like the prime ideal space to use Benjamin Moore scuff X on the walls for your paint because it's going to resist that scuffing. And if the scuff does happen, it comes right off. It is the perfect thing for a mudroom space. Uh, You cannot get a more perfect paint and it comes in any color you want. So your possibilities are endless when it comes to color. Right. There's a lot more to say. In fact, tons to say. Of course. But we don't have time. Alas, there's no more time. When we come back, we're going to be talking about a fireplace project. If you've got that old 70s brick and you want to see it go away, we've got a fix. That's all next. Stay tuned. If you want to take your DIY skills up a rung, the Repco Light Home Improvement Show is here to give you a boost. On News Radio Wood 1300 and 106.9 FM. And we're back. We just finished solving mudroom problems. And now it's time to move into another room in my home. (laughs) Imagine that. 
yeah, yeah, yeah. I, I like to fix my problems on the show. I might as well. I can solve uh-huh. them on work time. Uh-huh. Another like Solve Dan's problem show. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Hmm. Yeah. We'll see how it goes when when it's all new, when we reinvent the show, when uh-huh. Betsy leaves. If you missed it, the really bad news <sighs> that we launched last segment, or at least at the beginning of the show. Yeah. Uh, Betsy's not going to be here anymore. Starting when, Betsy? The end of the month. The end, end of, of the October. Month. End of October. Yes. Betsy's moving to another place, and she's going to do other things and all kinds of stuff. And yes. we will miss her heartily. So we'll see how the show changes. Well, I can plans. call in. I'm thinking that, you know, every now and again, I should just surprise you and call in with some, like, crazy problem that I'm having. Well, it won't and be a, solve it. Well, it won't be a terribly big surprise because we aren't live. <laughs> <laughs> so you'll have to give me a heads up so I'll know it's coming. But we'll figure out a way to get you back. Yes. But anyway... Yeah, it's kind of a disheartening show today. Yeah, I'm going to miss it. I just found this out. It was just dropped on me before we went and started recording. So trying to sort it all out. So I figured, what's best? (laughs) How's best to deal with that? It's to solve other problems that I've got. Right. So we jumped into mudrooms because I have a real issue with mudrooms at my house, trying to make a nice space for the kids when they come in so I don't get a mess in the house. Now we want to move on to my back living room, my family room, I guess you would call it. Yeah. It's You've seen it before. Mm-hmm. If yeah. you had to describe it in one single word or a couple or phrase, how would mm-hmm. you describe that back living room? Dark but cozy. Okay. You put a nice spin on it. Yes. But it is dark, incredibly yeah. dark. And one yeah. of the things that really just cements that point is the fireplace. I've got 80s brick. I've got that dark 80s brick on that fireplace. What can you do about that? We have a lot of people that we talk to in the store who at Repcolite or Port City Paints where they've got this issue and they're trying to figure out what they can clean it mm-hmm. or, or to, to lighten it up. And one of the things is to paint it. Yeah. And there's so many different ways you could go with that. I mean, there's a whitewash. There's German schmear. <laughs> Every time you say that, it cracks me up. The faces you make, I wish our listeners could see because the faces are just, that's what makes it. <laughs> yeah. yeah. So German schmear, what is that? That's taking a, a compound, mm-hmm. like a mortar, yeah. and basically troweling that on. Mm-hmm. And you scrape it off in some areas. It creates a real heavy texture, right. but it's white. And it really lightens up that brick. Yeah, that's another way to go. It's also very and, permanent. Very <laughs> permanent. The whitewashing is less so. Right. You know, you're not adding a physical texture. And the third option, the one that we're going to talk about today, is solid color painting. It. Yeah. Yeah. And it is permanent in the sense that you're never going to really get back to the brick look. Mm-hmm. So you definitely got to be sure, right, that you want to move forward yeah. into a new look. Yeah. But that's definitely something you could you could consider, and a lot of people are surprised that they can do that. Now, we're not talking about painting the firebox. Right. Because if you're going to do that, you're going to need a heat-resistant paint. Mm-hmm. And it's, it's a special product. You're going to want to ask about that. What we're talking about is the outer brick. And for that, you really don't need a specialty product. No. You can just, just need to do the right steps. Yeah, you can just use regular paint for that, which is nice. It's nice to not have to spend a whole ton of extra money on a specialty paint for something that could potentially... I mean, some people's fireplaces, let's face it, you know, are 10 feet tall or whatever. So it's nice to not have to buy that specialty paint for that. 
Right. The big thing is prep work. It's what we talk about all the time. Prep work is 90% of the process. The putting the paint on is you're talking about 10% of the actual work should be, or the time spent should be putting the paint on. Everything is prep work. Yep. So with this, you're going to need to take a look at the brick right off the bat. Mm. Is it dusty? Is it soot covered? You know, what, what are the issues you're working with? Is it right. crumbly? Yeah. You know, it depends on the situation. If it's crumbly, the paint's not going to fix that. Mm-hmm. You're going to need to get that off. There are other products that you might be able to fix that up a little bit mm-hmm. once you get a lot of the crumbly off. But that's a specialty product, and, and we you'd want to ask about that in the store, and we could walk you through that. Right. In most instances, it's just going to be dusty, mm-hmm. you know, really dirty, spider webby, maybe, right. maybe some soot. If it's just dust, it's really just a matter of, brushing it off, brooming it off, maybe vacuuming it off, right? Right. And I always recommend to people use, if you can get one of those fairly stiff bristle brushes to get in there, that's going to help you get into the porous areas of the brick, you know, some of those little nooks and crannies. A broom sometimes works, but sometimes you need something a little bit stiffer to really do a good job. And make sure you're focusing on the mortar because stuff tends to stick in there for whatever reason. And you want to make sure that everything is cleaned out really well or that paint's not going to stick. Right. And if you do have soot, you can clean that with a household cleaner. Any household cleaner will work. You're going to want to rinse it well, and it's going to be messy. It's not going to be a fun, terribly fun process. It's not as fun as just vacuuming it off with a bristled you know, face mm-hmm. on a shop vac. Right. That's not so bad. But this is going to be a little messy, a little sudsy. You're going to want to rinse it well, get a soft bristled brush and really scrub it around, rinse it well and let it dry. Now, what about primer? Do you need primer? This is always one of those things people think you're going to need primer. Definitely better use a special primer for this fireplace brick. Well, the only time you really need primer is if you've had that soot problem or you see something else that isn't quite right. If it's just the straight brick, you can paint right over it, no problem. If you do see something that's a little off, you do want to put a primer on that. And I always recommend bin. Um, It's a white pigmented shellac. That's going to help seal it. You can't just use a plain water base because whatever the soot or whatever problem you have is likely to bleed through. So make sure you're using the white pigmented shellac or even an oil-based primer will work on top of that. Right. Once you've got that spot primed, now did you mention that Ben comes in a spray can? I did not mention I, that well, Ben comes in a spray can. I wasn't listening as closely as I should be. <laughs> I was wringing yes, my hands in despair. you are correct. It does come in a spray can, which is also nice. Right. Once you've got that all prepped and cleaned and ready to go and primed if you needed to, yep. it's time to top coat. And so many options when it comes to top coat and picking the right paint. Really, you just need a good acrylic latex. Mm-hmm. Carefree. Repcolite's Carefree. Repcolite's Hallmark. Ben from Benjamin Moore. Regal Aura depending mm-hmm. on the color that you want to choose, any of those will work. Right. You the want real- to use... Oh, go ahead. It's, right, it's the- your show. <laughs> it is not. The real trick to painting the brick is really in the roller cover. The paint can just be, as you said, the good acrylic latex, but the roller cover is the key to this. It needs to be a thicker nap, so a half-inch nap, potentially even thicker, depending on how porous your brick is and how many nooks and crannies it has, how deep they are. So a half-inch nap, and Worcester has the jumbo coaters, which coincide with 
nine inch snap roller covers. So they have the little roller covers that are, what are they? Four, four and a half, inches, six and a half, and half inches. inches. Yeah. And then they have the nine inch. So if you have big areas to do, it's great because you can do that with a larger cover, but then for the smaller areas, you can use that smaller one. So right. it's the perfect system. The beauty of the system is the covers are exactly the same. Yep. When you buy other systems or cross systems back and forth, what you run into is a texture on the roller cover that might be a little different and it will show up mm-hmm. where you use the smaller ones, where you use the larger ones. In this instance, with the Wooster Jumbo Coders, it's going to look the same no matter what. Right. Now, one other thing that you'd want to probably make sure you use is a good stiff bristled paintbrush. Mm-hmm. I was doing some trim work in the house and I actually was using one of my favorite brushes, the Excalibur from Corona. We talk about it all the time. It cleans up super well, but you know what? It's a really soft bristle. And for the project yeah. that I was working on, it wasn't suitable for that. Mm-hmm. I needed to go to a different brush that had a stiffer bristle and it allowed me to get into those areas. So if you're really struggling with the brush you've got to make it work and get into the grooves and get into the mortar joints or whatever you're working on, mm-hmm. it might just be that it's too soft. The bristles are too soft. So you might want to transition to something else. So that's another thing to think about. So yeah. you basically, when you're doing the project, you apply the paint to those mortar joints, you know, almost like cut-in mm-hmm. work. Go ahead and yep. brush it all in there and then roll everything off. Tape and yes. mask off your carpet. All of those things. It's probably going to take you a couple coats to get full coverage. Yeah, the first coat, quite often you see it almost looks like the whitewash when you do that first coat because you see a little bit of the brick color through. So that second coat really makes it solid and gives you the color you're looking for. Now, when it comes to color, there's really a whole lot of freedom here. I mean, you really can do anything. White Mm -hmm. is going to lighten a room dramatically. But really, because it's such a dark brick, almost any color is going to lighten it up a huge amount. You're going to really make a huge change in that room. Another way to go is I've seen a lot of them that have black on the bricks, and that looks Mm -hmm. really cool. too. It really just depends on your situation and what color scheme you're working with. But any color could work. Right. One last thing to think about is if you've got a mantle, that you decide you want to paint. Again, the prep work is the key. You wash it down really well, like we mentioned, spray nine, a detergent cleaner, something like that, rinse it, scuff sand it. And then when you prime it, if it's sustained and varnished mantle, Mm -hmm. you're gonna wanna make sure you prime it with either bin, which is a white pigmented shellac, we talked about it for covering over the soot, or Repcolite Zip Prime Oil. Both of those Mm -hmm. will block any stains in. Tannin stains can bleed through. I just did some work in the house, that room that I was painting, where I used that brush on the trim. Mm -hmm. I had primed all of the faces of my uh, baseboard and door casings and all that with bin, but Mm -hmm. not the return, the little side piece. "Ah, I'll just lightly scuff sand those (laughs) and paint over those. Oh, Uh it bled through those things like crazy. (laughs) So definitely the bin is a really good uh, insurance step, I guess, let's say. And then for yeah. your top coat, again, you're back to pretty much whatever finish you want to use on a mantle. A couple mm-hmm. of really good ones would be Scuff X or Advance. Yeah, they're going to withhold all of the things moving that we tend to put on our mantles, being moved around, dusted, things like that. The only thing I can remind everyone of is if you're using those primers that we talked about, make sure you ventilate, make sure you open the windows because they stink. And I know it's getting cold outside, but opening the windows at least a little bit and having a fan going is an absolute must. Right. Definitely do that. That's a really good idea. It's a great project if you really want to change a room. Mm -hmm. I mean, it will make a tremendous change. Oh, yeah. 
you just got to make sure that that's where you want to go because going back isn't quite as easy, right? We don't have that brick color. It's just going to make it look like brick again. Solid brick, maybe. (laughs) Exactly. Something to think about, though. A great project. Ask about it at any Repco Light or Port City Paint store, and we'll walk you through it. Now, when we come back after this quick break, we're going to be talking about something else. Not sure what. We'll surprise you. That's all coming up next. Stay tuned. If you want to take your DIY skills up a rung, the Repco Light Home Improvement Show is here to give you a boost on News Radio Wood 1300 and 1069 FM. Well, welcome back, everybody. Thanks for hanging with us through three segments where the audio was not the best quality. And I apologize for all of that, but we didn't want to toss that audio out. You know, we talk about it all the time. We record the show. And we also have mentioned over and over again that Betsy is in another city at this point as we record. And so we've had to use all kinds of different technology to get uh, the whole thing put together. And last week, we found this brand new platform that we absolutely thought was brilliant. We could see each other on the screen. We could talk back and forth. It felt so much more like normal. And then this week, using the same technology... I don't know, something's going on with my router, something's going on with my wireless over here, and there was a lot of lag, and what happened, it, we, we couldn't pick it up as we were recording, but when it was all over, I realized very quickly that my my audio especially was, was kind of wonky, so I apologize about that, but the way the show works, we really didn't have a time at this point in life anymore to go back and re-redo, redo the whole thing, re-redo it. <laughs> yeah, sometimes we re-redo it a lot, but this time we didn't have time to do that. So I played it because I, I wanted to make sure that we got it out there because Betsy is leaving. I mentioned that. We mentioned that. She talked about it at the beginning of the show. She'll be here for a couple of weeks yet, but she is leaving the show. And the whole show has honestly been <laughs> surreal because we mentioned that at the beginning of this episode that I found out she was leaving basically minutes before we had to start recording a segment. And Betsy has talked long. I don't know that she's ever, ever said it on the radio, but she has a, a past or a some experience in theater at high school and things like that. Theater was a great big deal to her. And she's always talked about when she's struggling with the pain that she deals with, for example, or whatever she's got going on. I always ask, how do you just you know put a happy face on and keep going? And she says that's what she learned in theater. You just put a smile on your face, and you fake it, and you keep going. So that's what we did. I'm not as good at it as she is. So the whole whole show feels kind of morose and sad and all of that. And if you picked up on that, it's because it is morose and sad and sorrowful and all of those things. It's tough to see Betsy go. It's, you know, we built the show together. We worked very hard to make it into what it was and is and it's really hard to see that change. Now, that doesn't mean we're going to quit. We're going to keep going. We've got a lot of stuff and a new plan for where we're going. And we definitely, I definitely have every intention of bringing Betsy back in as much as possible. Because I think her voice was very critical to make this work. I think her presence made this show work. And it's certainly going to be missed. But, as she said, and as I just relayed... We fake it and we keep moving. 
until all of a sudden it starts working again. So enough about that. Right now, the last little bit that I want to talk about something is just a very, very simple project. It was a great question that we got on our website. We have a chat function at repcolite.com, and folks will type in questions you know, any time of the day right now. We've got somebody who mans that till 9 at night now. And one question that we got that I really thought was worth digging into was a question about garages, and it was very simple. The question was, why should I paint my garage? And if it's a good idea to do that, what is the best way to do that inexpensively. So let's address that first part. Why would you want to do that? Well, there's a couple of reasons. There's an aesthetic reason and a practical reason. And the aesthetic reason is, is real obvious. It's an entryway into your home. And a lot of the times, maybe it's just the family that uses that entryway into the home. But it still, it sets the tone as you walk into your home. If you walk in and it's messy and dirty and the walls are covered with who knows what, it just sets this tone as you walk into the home. An inviting space in the garage is just a psychological benefit as you and your family come into the home. If the garage is organized and clean, it just sets the tone psychologically right off the bat. The other thing is visitors often enter through the garage. You know, that's not always the case. A lot of the times they go to the front door, but visitors who are familiar with us, family members and things like that, extended family members, they often enter through the garage. So it's nice to have a nice space there. Now, the practical reason is really simple, and it's just it cleans up so much better. If you've got, and you've probably seen garages with just bare drywall, or they threw drywall primer on and left it, it marks up and gets dirty very fast. Handprints, all of that, the flat finish on a primer will just absorb those and not release them. Primers aren't meant to be washed and cleaned up. So people putting on boots and shoes, like we talked about, the mudroom thing, some of us don't have that. We use our garage and people lean against the wall and all of those things, tools that hang on the wall, all of those things play into creating this dinged up, messy experience (laughs) on the wall. It's not really an experience, but sometimes it looks like an experience when you step back and examine that wall. Handprints everywhere. You wonder how it happened. Anyway, that all happens because primers or drywall, they're not meant to be washed up. They, they just don't hold up that way. So getting a nice paint on the wall that will hold up is going to give you something that will resist all of those scuffs, resist all of that dirt, and make it easier to clean up when you do. Now let's get to the inexpensive. How's the, the, the cheapest way to do that? Well, Repcolite has a product called Carefree. It's a latex product. You can get it in. A satin sheen would probably be an ideal finish for a garage, give you some good washability. That's a a very price conscious product. That's a great way to go. But even when you think about it, going to a better product like ScuffX, which would hold up remarkably well to anything you could throw at it, it's a little more expensive per gallon. But when you think about a garage, you're probably looking at two to three gallons. So even though you're paying maybe 10 bucks or who knows what, 15 bucks, let's say more a gallon, the whole project is really going to be $45 difference at the most. Than, than going with a cheaper product, and you're going to have way better durability. So ScuffX would be a great recommendation, but there are tons of options. Just stop by any Repcolite or Port City paint store and ask us about them. We'll walk you through the project or any project that you've got. Now, that's all the time we've got for today. I would love it if you would send an email to radio at repcolite.com just letting Betsy know that you appreciated her time on the show. If you appreciated Betsy's presence on the show, I'd encourage you to send those emails. She doesn't know I'm asking for this. She will probably not even hear this episode air, but she will definitely get the emails if you send them. So 
I'd really encourage you, if you appreciated what she brought to the show like I did, let her know. Whatever you do today, make sure you have a good one. Make sure paint's a part of it. The Repcolite and Port City Paint Stores are open until 3 o'clock this afternoon waiting to help. I'm Dan Hansen. Thanks for listening.